0: 3 Tuned into the Navarro Miller Report, featuring the hottest in news, entertainment,
1: sports, sports, and all those topics for the mainstream audience. The
2: Navarro Miller Report, examining your reality.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Navarro Miller Report. I'm your host, Dave Navarro. I'm Jeremy Miller. And today we have special guest co-host from American Idol Season 2, Mr. Clay Aiken. Clay, thank you so much for joining us here today.
3: Hello, hello. Good to be here.
1: Awesome. Uh, I got to tell you, uh, Jeremy's been fanboying out like crazy <laughs> since uh, since I told him we're going to have you on here.
2: I, I have to. Oh, I, I, I am a huge fan and uh, so is my family. I will get in trouble if I don't tell you this off the bat. Uh, my mother is a dedicated and proud Claymate. And my fiance, um, I bought her the album uh, Measure of a Man when her and I first met. And she was going through a horrific divorce, dealing with a lot of issues about, you know, abuse and trauma from that relationship. And the song Carry You, I Will Carry You, literally, she put it on almost every single night and it kept her from having nightmares.
3: Oh, my God, that's incredibly sweet. So I'm totally besties with Jeremy, and Dave, oh. you have no taste, apparently. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yes! I didn't even say anything!
3: <laughs> That's the problem. That's exactly Ouch. the problem. You didn't Ouch. say anything. Ouch. <laughs> you know what? I mean, I, I quit. I'm out of here. This, Jeremy, it's your show. Bye.
2: I love it. I love it. Already getting into Dave's grill. Huh? Oh
1: my god. Well, the, the thing with me is like, the one thing that we uh, have in common actually, Clay, is that you worked with Ryan Seacrest, and so did I. I was actually his intern back when he was was on star 98.7 here in los angeles that was uh, so-
3: back when he was on star when i'm when i was on idol that's a while ago yeah i know i'm <laughs> aging myself here that's, that's um, so-, <laughs> <Yeah. I'm> like- <laughs> so you're old I- got it yeah exactly
1: no chase, and you're old got it we'll, we'll, we'll keep it there so anyway <laughs> um we got a lot of uh awesome things to talk about today uh including your tour that you have right now with uh, or that you had uh with ruben for the 20th anniversary of american idol uh we have some people actually thank you so much for joining the stream so far uh we have jc saying uh hey jeremy miller dave navarro and the amazing clay aiken honored to meet you virtually clay you're one of my musical idols one singer to another all three of you are looking phenomenal so thank you so much jc for that uh we got kristen over on youtube today just saw clay and ruben in rally uh you guys are amazing as usual so uh we have a lot of uh people that are very excited to have you here we're excited to have you here uh jeremy's definitely excited to have you here but as we start the show off today uh we have we actually have a little bit of a tradition here clay that i play uh blind reacts for jeremy because he refuses to get a tiktok so hashtag Jeremy, get a oh freaking pick
3: Good for you. Good for you, Jeremy. <laughs> Thank you are, you. are you
1: another one? Of, you, we're going to start. I can't do it.
3: I can't do it. I can't yes. do it. I got a, I got Clay, a 15 I year it. old who lives on it. And I just refuse. I refuse. I'm too old at this point. I'm with mess. you. I'm with you. Yeah. Guys. It'll be, you know what? It'll be like MySpace in a few years anyway. No one will be using it. And that's when I'll join. <laughs> I'll always be, I'll always be a good five years behind the trends. That's what I like to do
1: oh my god well since you guys refuse to go ahead and get a tiktok i am force feeding you guys some of these tiktok videos and this one actually has to do with basically well rushing well i mean i don't know if you've ever played video games but there's usually a lag uh on some video games and this guy took it completely to the next level check it out So basically that's what would happen if people were to lag in real life and Clay you look a little bit uh disturbed by
3: the video. <laughs> I was listen I'm impressed by it. I'm impressed by anybody who can do that sort of video editing. I do wonder what it tells about us about our society. This is how people spend their times all day. But uh <laughs> making making I mean how much time do you think it took him to make that? oh so much that's that's a lot of time <laughs> this that's commitment right dedicated. there yeah, yeah i was gonna
1: say this guy is dedicated to, <laughs> to the tiktok crap because that's i've seen other videos and oh my god they're like it's the type of stuff that you're like how many takes did that actually do for him to go ahead and do that it was weird
2: that's what i gotta say they, they is- might- it's is it's the commitment. I gotta respect the commitment. I may not get the video, or you know, but I look at that. I know everything that had to have gone into it, and physical commitment. Throwing yourself over a railing a few times is is not easy either. So,
1: and in our stream we have mom, uh, Jeremy's Uh-oh. mom is on here right now. She says, "I wish I had the tech talent to make such uh, TikToks."
3: <laughs> uh... This is why I don't have a TikTok. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the next video we got going on right here is basically <laughs> i love this guy too i watch him a lot and his streams are his tiktoks are hilarious it's master ken he is a uh martial artist <laughs> and i see that very loosely and his style of martial arts well it's uh, a little bit um interesting check it out
0: that aims two guns at me First thing I need to do, get off the path of the weapon. I need to get safe. So I'm gonna go right here. Can't get shot. Can't get shot here. It is gonna be very loud when he's firing. So what I recommend is reaching over the guns and plugging your ears to preserve your hearing, okay? What he's then going to likely do is try to point the guns at me where I am. That's okay, I want that, okay? I'm gonna drop down. He begins to fire. The bullets hit each other. <laughs> and I catch them. Okay? What I'm gonna be doing is putting them in his pants. Okay? They're hot lead. He fires, hot lead put in his pants, hot lead put in his pants, hot lead put in his pants. Okay? Burning the groin. That's gonna distract him, okay? I'm then going to escape the next line as he points at me. Here. As he points the weapon at me again. <laughs> Pulling the weapons away. Regripping. Look at that. <laughs> god i hope they're not
2: paying
1: for his martial arts classes
3: i feel like he would i feel like he's the guy who who must have uh choreographed the matrix or something it looked like i feel like if you sped that up it would be what keanu reeves did in the matrix oh my god we'll
1: go with that
2: i like it I think think he
1: probably did. (laughs) This next video we got going on is basically, uh, and it's so funny because this guy's uh, TikTok is Latinos against horror, uh, against spooky shit. And basically it's, if you, the video's very quick, so don't blink. At the very end of this, uh, he's actually doing a stitch. At the end of this uh, forest, you see an arm grabbing a tree and then disappearing. Now, spoiler alert. Well, because the thing is, it goes by fast. I have to go ahead and let you know about this. So, just keep an eye out for that right there at the very end, at the very far right. So, check it out. Look how pretty.
0: Forget- Hola, buenas tardes. Uh, listen, it's cool that you think your lights are, are really bright and everything. Um, but you know what's brighter than your lights? The sun. So let's let's just hang out during the daytime, okay? But anyways, representative Latinos like spooky shit. For those of you that don't see what's happening, if you look right in the middle of that video, you see a hand sliding away from the tree. Um, now, this is a couple different things that it could have been. One, uh, none of your problems. Uh, and two, uh, none of your damn business, okay? So my recommendation for this one, um, hang out at home, hang out with your family, only during the daytime. Nighttime is for sleep, sleep time, nighttime. That's that's why it was created, okay? On the seventh day, God slept or whatever. I don't know, I don't read the Bible, okay? So my recommendation for this one, you're gonna put a little VIX in your fuel tank, okay? You're gonna keep a Jesus candle in your car, and you're gonna stop going out of the woods, okay? Dios little vendiga, best of luck. Take care of yourselves. Don't forget to check out my link for merch and to help in my immigration.
1: i think that's sound advice i mean if you see an arm at the end of the tree just slide away run away don't just say them be like oh look at the pretty trees come on i mean you know clay i mean have you ever witnessed anything like out you know out of the ordinary like that
3: um just how just maybe how much time you spend on tiktok is the most out of the ordinary (laughs) thing i can think of Um, A lot of time on TikTok to find all of these. Hey,
1: I do it for entertainment purposes only. So. <laughs> of course, of course.
3: You're sacrificing it for I do for the for all the rest of our. You're sacrificing for our benefits. We I do
1: the best you. I can. I do the best I can. I also to annoy Jeremy too. So <laughs> <laughs> the last the last video I got actually is not from TikTok. This one's from actually Instagram. Which Clay, I know you're. Oh, a that part makes of. it so much better. Yes, I you're, do you're, you're a part of it too. Okay, so don't don't give me grief about it because you're on. you have
2: to be a part of it nowadays. <laughs>
1: (laughs) yeah (laughs) this last one was actually very talented how they did this video it's pretty much a michael jackson workout all the way and uh well just check this out
2: yes wait okay
3: Oh, no. okay. yeah. the man walk.
2: Yes. Bye. i about when it's
1: five without my hand in if Michael, Last, Jackson but I bet a you Michael video, could have done all of that. I bet you he could have
3: done all of
1: that. I bet you he could have. Guaranteed. Yes. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. He could have easily come out with a Michael Jackson workout video. And I guarantee you it would have sold more copies than any workout video known to man if he did something like that. <laughs> right. <Yes. now. laughs> well, I I hope you guys uh enjoyed uh the little uh, uh blind reactions. So I know good, I know Clay Clay, I think you enjoyed it a little bit. Uh a, a there were some fun ones in there
2: yeah, yeah right <laughs> and it keeps the- me
1: from having to get a tiktok that's exactly. hey, i just did you that's i just why did i it. agree
2: to this yes
1: <laughs> you're right <laughs> i'm doing a service for you guys here you know making sure you guys you know enjoy it without actually having to sign up so there you go and i'm doing it for everybody else that's watching as well they don't have to sign up for tiktoks just watch you know the navarro miller report and you'll watch some of the blind reacts right here now so we're good uh moving on to some weird and outlandish news a man steals a claw jeremy what in the world did you find
2: for us today so yeah we have a gentleman in illinois in marion illinois who was apparently late for his flight and decided to steal a backhoe from a construction site and drive it 10 miles to the airport to catch his flight.
1: Um, I've been
3: very desperate to not miss a flight a few times. I'm not sure I'd go that far. That's what I was thinking. I've I've done some crazy things to
2: make a flight. Stealing farm equipment, maybe not so much. Um, But yeah, so so he's he actually got caught very easily, needless to say, because (laughs) he parked the backhoe in the short term parking lot at the airport, caught his flight uh, while he was gone. The gentleman who owned the construction company noticed on the video that his equipment had been taken. The cops were easily able to trace it. And when the man got back from his trip, he was arrested and charged with uh, grand theft.
3: Wait a second. So he got to take the whole trip. Marion Police Department's not very quick on the uptick, are they? I mean, he t- he <laughs> really stole hard. a backhoe and drove it all the way to the airport.
2: Well, you have to figure it was only 10 miles. And maybe he didn't come across a highway patrol during that time. I don't know
3: i don't know i mean those backhoes don't go very fast so you would think if you see a backhoe rolling down the interstate to the airport and parking in the short-term lot i feel like it should shoot a few red flags up right (laughs) i I think
1: i think people were just like you know they probably were just like wow you don't see that every day, do you?
3: <laughs> Start TikToking it. But he, but he shows up in the short term part. Did he pay for parking? I, I would assume so. <laughs> he didn't run over the gate, from what I it didn't. He took the ticket, and no one at any point said, eh, "You might want to check this out." He got to the airport. I'm assuming at least forty five minutes ahead of time. You would assume. He made it through PSA. Man, the Marion Airport, and and it it was the Marion Illinois Airport. Marion Illinois. That, can't imagine that- that's the big international hub or anything. No.
2: <laughs> but Yeah. Apparently maybe this happens regularly. Maybe the local farmers occasionally park their tractors or
3: I, I don't know. I'm just, that's probably what it is right I'm there. Wondering, it's the maybe. fact that it's the fact that he's not the first person to show up <laughs> at the Marion, Illinois airport in a backhoe or yeah. A tractor.
1: Yeah. You can actually, see, I could almost imagine, you know, security be like, huh
3: well park it <laughs> right over there just right over I'm there sure. they probably recognized him they probably knew him <laughs> probably, it's probably. A, it can't be a big town they probably all oh, there comes jim oh he stole a tobacco this time <laughs> yeah. last time it was the chevy corsica but this time it's tobacco exactly <laughs> yeah.
1: exactly they all knew him and everything so that's exactly how i probably went down oh my god i swear and and the thing the funny thing is that usually we make fun of florida man uh because florida man's always doing something crazy but florida man's been taking a break now jeremy florida man's had
2: a good solid month-long break now from the show so i'm impressed um i florida think he's running running for president <laughs> <laughs> thank you for saying it uh, <laughs> oh my god.
3: Oh, oh my god. Lord,
2: <laughs> I'm Done. I'm so
1: done. I quit. <laughs>
3: that <was> brilliant. <laughs>
1: oh lord okay <laughs> on that <laughs> on that we're moving on to some entertainment news and in entertainment news Justin Bieber's father is trying to clarify a comment that he made uh, a couple days ago actually on his social media posting uh because it's uh you know it's pride month uh and he basically posted a fo- post saying don't forget to thank a straight person this month for your existence now of course he got a lot of uh a lot of uh Pushback from that, a lot of a lot of uh, bad backlash from that. So he decided to try and clarify what he meant by that, and he went on social media and said, "Quote: My post was the to acknowledge families. That's it. And before you say I abandoned my son, move on. That's an old narrative pushed. It's ridiculous and didn't happen. Now my delivery may have been poor, but it was not to be hateful or homophobic. This is probably where he should have stopped, but." no he kept going and he went on ahead to say my brother is gay and i adore him love whomever you want that's your business not quote mine uh my problem is the hostile takeover of our cities and schools by the lgbtq this is the concern of many there is a place for everyone and everyone's opinion that does not equal hate now again he probably should have stopped he was ahead but when he kept going it was like dude why why did you just why you should just cut done by? is over but he kept going so clay i'm definitely going to go ahead and ask
3: uh, this is is why we should not have
1: added more characters to twitter
3: because people (laughs) just keep talking more and more and more i mean i'm going to ask the same thing that i asked before because when you when when you told me this was a topic i said now who's clarifying the comments did justin make them or did his dad make them and you said his dad and i said why the fuck are we listening to his dad in the first place? (laughs) And I will, I'm going to underline that and say, I mean, I get frustrated because I think we give people more like even, I would not have even responded to him in the first place Mm -hmm. he was having to clarify comments and no one should have even given a flying what he said in the first place. I mean, sometimes it's more powerful to ignore. He's Justin Bieber's dad you know um he's irrelevant uh his son is certainly not relevant and if he had said something like that i'd need some more explanation but i don't give a flying shit what his dad says <laughs> and you know get, i'd feel like it just gave him more oxygen to even respond in the first place to even exactly. to, to give him any pushback who cares be be exactly. a homophobe say what you want to say make a joke done it in front of it, whatever
2: i agreed i mean i'm in mean- your camp with this one i i don't understand why we you know anybody is giving it more space and more air honestly and that goes including us it just it's a it's a throw i mean it's a throwaway topic who is he and why does his opinion matter um you know it's the old saying and i i don't know him personally but i mean it's an old say everybody you know assholes and opinions everyone's got one Yep.
3: But you know what? I mean, even beyond that, I would say that it it goes beyond who is he and why does it matter? This is, this is just my opinion. This is my asshole Mm -hmm. for you. Um, The, I don't, I don't, I feel like even had Justin himself said something or someone who was in the public eye who had said something that, that I didn't agree with. I feel like we've gotten at this place in society where we feel the need to respond to everything. And sometimes some people say things that they don't intend to be offensive but they are um and if we know that person and we and they have a track record of being inclusive or a track record of being accepting and they make a statement that lands or make a joke that lands wrong i feel like we should like give them a break give them the benefit of the doubt i mean Agreed. it's uh, Whoopi Goldberg, for example, has gotten in trouble for a lot of stuff that she said um, on The View. But she's got a track record of being incredibly welcoming and inclusive to all races and religions and genders and sexual orientations, et cetera. So, you know, if she makes a joke, it doesn't land well. Why do we give her shit for it? Um, and then then there's another group of people. Who say things specifically to get a response? Mm -hmm. Like they say things that are homophobic or racist or anti-Semitic, and they're saying it online just to get the ire of people who disagree with them. And I feel like we give them more power when we even respond. Absolutely, Uh, we
2: we feed into it way too much.
3: I think
1: that I think that the reason why it's been like people are actually talking about it is mainly for the fact of the matter that it is Justin Bieber's father. And also the fact of the matter that he's been again, he's been pretty much said that, uh, oh, he wasn't in his life or anything like that. Uh, And it's just it's just that people kind of like look at it that wow well Justin, like let's see what justin says and he hasn't said anything that's one of the reasons why i believe they they made this news because they're waiting to see what justin might say if he's gonna maybe uh, uh go against what his father was saying or defend his father or try to explain for his father they're waiting for an explanation they're trying to in my opinion i think that they're trying to goad uh justin into saying something and i hope I'm he sure- says nothing i, I hope absolutely. he says nothing at all that's probably what his his team is telling him to do is not say anything just you know what let his father let your dad say what he wants to say keep it there and do not say anything just ignore it and keep on living your life because justin's got enough problems going on in his life right now with his health with Haley's health with everything that's going on so he's got enough issues let alone a dog pile like this it's just it's too much and so that's probably the reason why they're trying to make it news to see if he were to say something and the other thing that i believe is that people are probably wondering well if this is how his dad thinks what does justin think he was you know like is he like his father la la, la. it could be many reasons why they're making it news in order to go ahead and make it even bigger they're trying to make a mount out of a molehill out of a moron
2: so- we all know we all know media loves drama whether they have to help create it or not uh they have always loved drama and they will continue to love drama. It's us who continue to feed into it and you know constantly consume it. So uh, you know, that's the the, the
3: response. I'm on a drama. Di- I'm on a drama diet right now. I, I am I am I'm not consuming any of that shit. <laughs> I am trying, I am trying hard, Clay.
2: <laughs> it's like it's
1: like you know, Lord, I am
2: maintaining.
1: <laughs> it's like, Lord give me strength well we'll see we'll see what happens we'll see if Justin decides to go ahead and break you silence. see what happens because I won't
3: be giving a shit. They're you like, have you to know.
1: let me know. Yes, there you go. You I can won't let me know. We'll, everybody, we'll let everybody know about that. <laughs> in other entertainment news, Steven Spielberg uh, felt that helpless uh, during filming uh, ET and watching Drew Barrymore's childhood, pretty much being taken away little by little. Uh, Drew Barrymore went ahead and uh, she did a new profile published by Vulture, and she praised Spielberg as quote the only person in my life. To to this day that uh, that was a parental figure uh basically drew wanted stephen to be her father because of course we uh there were reports that drew barry drew moore's father uh was an alcoholic and uh she wanted she basically looked at stephen as a father figure to the point that even Steven spielberg during the filming of et uh like she didn't want, he didn't want to spoil her childhood and made her believe that E.T. was real. He was a real little alien and when she saw all the 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 guys the pup, the puppeteers handling him. she would actually get upset about that and Steven would go ahead and tell her, well, you know, E.T. needs more assistance than I do. I only have one E.T. has several. He's a very important person to this film so that, they're his assistants. Just keeping that wonderful childhood like mentality going for a young girl that was going through so much. I had to grow up very quickly and I'm a huge Steven Spielberg fan. Um, I look up to him and this right here what she said, that just makes me even like that solidifies why I'm such a huge fan of Steven Spielberg. Uh, Jeremy, you knew Drew, you knew her. And we've talked about this. You dated her very briefly. I mean, this uh, what do you feel? How do you feel about what Steven did for her during this time during this very difficult time in her childhood?
2: Well, I love that he did that for her, that she had someone like that um, when her own parents weren't really filling that role. Uh, If that was the case Uh, Her and I never talked about that stuff as I've told you before I was kind of her safe friend We talked normal kid stuff. We kept it very light Um, I I was I mean it was when she was going through her addiction and everything I mean it was very early in her, you know, she was 13 years old Um, It I didn't hear about this side of it. So the fact that she had someone like that really is special and I'm glad she had that, but that's rare. I mean, directors, producers, they don't think about that stuff. They don't care. They want to get the shot. I can give you an example from growing pains. Um, in either the first or second season, I think it was the second season. There was an episode where my character gets in trouble for having called a porn line a bunch of times.
3: Oh, I read that episode.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So here's the deal, though. Before filming, the producers wanted me to understand what this show was about and what we were dealing with. And they wanted me at nine years old to listen to real nine, seven, six porn lines. Wow. My mother put her foot down, needless to say, and said, absolutely not. That's not happening. Um You know, she fought it tooth and nail and it did not happen. But that's the kind of thing producers do without even thinking. They want the best they can, the most realism, the most they will sacrifice a child's innocence and childhood without a blink of an eye. So the fact she had someone protecting her, at least for a little time, is really awesome.
1: Now, Clay, you 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 have you have a kid as well. I mean, are you trying to shield your child from from? I mean, because you're famous, everybody knows who you are. Uh, are you trying to shield him from the entertainment industry, or are you pretty much just letting him, you know, grow up, do what he wants to do? I mean, would you encourage him to get into this entertainment industry?
3: Um, I'd neither encourage nor discourage. Uh, I don't think that's what he's interested in at all. So. I'm glad, um, <laughs> but 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 no, we have definitely done our very best to try to give him as normal a childhood as possible. There, uh, you'd be hard pressed to find any pictures of him after probably age of two. I think was the last time we were we missed out and paparazzi called him. Um, there are no pictures on anybody's social media. We've done all of that. Um, uh, so I think he's had a normal a normal enough childhood. Um, also being able to to have his adolescence in Raleigh and not in LA has been helpful for that. Um, to the point of, of, of the, the Spielberg story, I don't, I mean, I don't have any uh, frame of reference for what it's like to, to be a child in Hollywood. I didn't start until I was 24. Um, but, but I will say this with regard to Spielberg, I have recognized over 20 years of doing this, that, um, the people who are at the top of their game, who truly are the best at what they do, um, you know, I'm talking about people, like people like Spielberg or, or Meryl Streep or Glenn Close or, um, you know, people who are really at their A game tend to, in my experience, treat people much better. Um, people who are comfortable with themselves in my experience, treat people much better and have more empathy for others than people who are not happy with where they are in their careers, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously Steven Spielberg is at the top of his game. Uh, I don't think he has any doubt at all of his ability or uh, I imagine his self-esteem is perfectly fine. <laughs> and so it doesn't surprise me at all to, to to learn that he is empathetic and he has that that takes that genuine care for the people who are working for him or with him
1: yeah that's a that's a true that's a true fact and um it's it's one of those things where i mean you like especially working with children uh on set i would imagine it's it's something that you need to understand that they are still kids at the end of the day they're still children and they, you know, they, they like. Granted, now we live in a world of social media where pretty much a kid could pick up a phone and find anything online, which is a very, very scary thought for many parents uh, today. But it's it's one of those things where we still need to, we still as adults have a responsibility to these children and try to keep their innocence as long as we possibly can. I mean, growing up, my parents. Uh, I mean, they kept my innocence as as much as possible by saying there's still a Santa Claus. Um, even when kids were trying to tell me there wasn't a Santa Claus, my mom would be like, "My mom, wait, what?
2: Wonderful-
1: <laughs> <laughs> Oops, sorry. <laughs>
2: See, I told you he's horrible. I'm sorry, I'm, Clay. I'm done. I'm
1: sorry. I didn't mean the whole demographic
3: it. that that you just lost right here.
2: <laughs> they
1: completely cut it out." We just lost like 60 of the viewers right now they're like don't listen to that <laughs> uh but, i mean it was one of those things where it's it's you know we like they try to do as much as they could to keep my innocence and that's important that's really important especially for children nowadays with everything that they can see online it's so important to keep their innocence as long as possible i commend steven spielberg for what he did and again i just i think that Doing that for a young girl going, growing like that was forced to grow up so quickly because of the the atmosphere that she was surrounded by, the parents that she had, whatever the case may have been. It was very important and incredible for Steven Spielberg, a man that is like in the spotlight. Everybody knows who he is. Multi, well, I don't know if at the time I don't think he uh, won uh, Academy Awards just yet, but I mean, he's he, he was huge at the time and still is to this day. To go ahead and take the time and say, hey, you know what? that puppet is real. That character is real. You know, he needs a bunch of assistance. I only need one. And just to keep that, that's just an amazing thing for him to do. I commend him for it personally. And it's just an amazing story for Drew Barrymore to
2: have shared. Uh, She ain't doing too bad either. Nope, not a bit. It is so good to see how far she's come from, you know, every struggle she had. And even now um, she admitted that, you know, she had fallen off the wagon for a while after her divorce and now she's gotten herself, you know, back into sobriety and getting her life back together and she's doing amazing and she's doing, I, I just, I cannot tell you how much respect I have for everywhere, you know, everything she's come through and where she's at.
1: I mean, we got, and going back to what Jeremy had spoken about, uh, how they wanted to like have you listen to those types of uh, nine seven six numbers. We have Deborah right here. She said, "I got in trouble for calling Wood, Woodpecker Hotline when I was a child." <laughs> I mean, I, I, I gotta admit, I got in trouble as well. There was a there was a Batman Hotline that I would call. And my parents, when they saw the bill, they were like, "Are you freaking kidding me?" Right? now? I was like, "But it's Batman, Mom!" I called.
3: I called a few numbers. I also uh, bought a lot of albums from the Columbia House because they said oh, they were only oh yeah they said they were only a penny, so I got them. <laughs> I didn't know you had to buy 1,500 more at the regular price. I still yeah. owe
1: Columbia House
3: a <laughs> <My alarm>. lot. <laughs> <laughs> you said
1: a penny, I'm gone. <laughs> Different address, change of address right now. Oh my God, those are those are good times though. Those are the days it's right before Napster and uh, all them started saying, "Hey, music is free." I've had it. Yeah. It's no longer even a penny anymore. <laughs> uh, we got Meg saying, "I was told Santa wasn't real when I was in like middle school." Oh, that's just that's just terrible. That's not no, that's good. About,
3: that's about right. I that's feel
2: like about that's right. right. I, I I caught my mom way before that, but um, yeah, I, I I think there's nothing wrong with middle, middle school. school.
3: Middle school seems about right. If uh, if you're if, if by the time you get to six sixth sixth grade seventh grade, if you're still not if you still believe it, you might need to see a counselor. <laughs> you know what I mean? We might need to get you. We might need to get you tested if uh, you still believe it in seventh grade. Uh, when my son, when my son found out, um, his mother was very worried about telling him. When when he found out, he just looked and said, "I've known for a few years." <laughs> And he was letting it, he was letting it live on for his parents instead of him uh, um, i would agree yeah, yeah. but but by but by yeah by 7th grade you probably ought to be i mean a fat up. man coming down the chimney. What? <laughs> that that, that, that <laughs> explains I'm why my in
1: that. Well, that explains why my parents put me through therapy. Okay, we're not going to talk there about you it. There go.
3: <laughs> Anyways, you tell and, me what this ink blot looks like, Dave. To you? <laughs> what does this fat, look like to you?
1: A big fat man coming down my chimney. What is going on? Go. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> in other entertainment news, Tom Holland is taking a year off of acting after filming The Crowded Room. Now, basically. Uh, this case has to do because the, the the role that he's playing is very emotional. He put a lot of emotion in this, but on top of that, he's actually producing this series as well on Apple TV. Uh, he went ahead and in an interview, he said, quote, it was a rough time for sure. We were exploring certain emotions that I have definitely never experienced before. And then on top of that, being a producer, dealing with the day-to-day problems that come with any film set, just added that extra level of pressure i'm no stranger to hard work i've lived by the idea that hard work is good work then again the show did break me. There did come a time where I needed a break and disappeared and went to Mexico for a week and had time on a beach and laid low. I'm now taking a year off, and that is a result of how difficult the show was. I'm excited to see how it turns out. I feel like hard work wasn't, uh, I'm sorry, I feel like our hard work wasn't in vain. Now, the, the thing that I'm looking at here is how a lot of these actors really put in their entire they're method actors by the looks of it. And by the looks of it, Tom went method on this one. They put their entire emotion to the point where it makes them explode. I don't think that this, like, if I mean, Jeremy, you had that Lawrence Olivier saying that I, I would love for you to repeat that saying, what was the saying that he said before?
2: It was just an old uh, Lawrence Olivier met a, young up and coming a list celebrity who was really hot at the time. And he was happened to be a method actor and he's telling Lawrence Olivier all about his process and how he goes about his method acting. And Lawrence just kept listening to him and listening to him and nodding. And then he just kind of glanced at him and said, that sounds great, but have you ever tried acting? (laughs) And (laughs) <laughs> Again, I, I, I don't say that, you know, scenario and and quote for, to make fun of method actors. They've given us some of the most brilliant performances that ever lived. I mean, De Niro, Pacino. I mean, Leo, when he went ahead and did um, What's Eating Gilbert Grape, which was such an amazing performance, as I told you, my neighbor who has CP. Um, His father, when he saw the movie the first time, didn't know Leo was an actor. He thought they had hired a child with cerebral palsy to play the part. That's how convincing Leo was in that role. So I'm not criticizing method actors, but it it can be taken too far and it can be dangerous. I mean, we have plenty of plenty of actors who kind of went off the deep end after going, you know, too deep into a role and just top the top of my head in the last 15, 20 years, we have Heath Ledger who, you know, couldn't, couldn't, Quite leave alone all the demons he opened up when he went into the joker and we also have who's admitted it many times jim carrey who has openly said that he delved way too deep into his andy kaufman character and really kind of lost a little bit of himself uh when he did the man in the moon so it's I'm not saying it's not brilliant at times. It can be amazing, but um, I can see why someone would need to take a year off. Burnout is real. And if you have laid every emotion you have in yourself, bare and open for the entire world for eight to 12 straight weeks while filming. Yeah. You might need a little break. (laughs) Just a little, just a little. I mean, Clay, have you
1: ever, You're uh,
3: you're very, very generous. I am the last. I just, I you're so generous to the. Okay, first of all, he was one of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten people who were listed on that show as an executive producer. I just counted them. Um, he was given the executive producer title in order to get him to do the to do the show. Of course, his work, the amount of work he did producing that show, was jack shit. I mean, he, probably got to see the, he probably got to see the overnights and he probably got, you know, maybe to, he probably was in the room when they talked about certain things, but he didn't do shit as executive producer. And Jeremy, just drive home the fact that you said, if you're laying all your emotions out for eight or 12 weeks, give me an entire, not a little bit, an entire fucking break. These <laughs> folks are not True. working third shift at the factory. You know what? And there are a lot of people in this country who work third shift at the factory, go home, go to sleep for an hour or two, and then go work their second job at second shift. And they don't make the money to be able to take a year off. And they don't bitch about how exhausted they are from working two jobs. So I'm sorry. I just don't have any, I don't have much. Listen, I get tired as hell. And I'm on tour and I'm on stage and I have to be in a different city every single night. And yeah, sometimes I think, oh, my God, this is exhausting. I don't want to do it again. But at the end of the day, I'm getting paid to do to stand on stage and sing. And that's it. I'm literally working just a few hours a day and singing. He's playing dress up. Yes, he had to cross some. yes, he had to laugh some. Yes, he had to feel real dirt, you know that's and he should be compensated for what he's doing. A lot of people are paying money to go and he should be fairly compensated. you know the money should not just go to the studio, et cetera. but and 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 great. He's been fairly compensated, so he has the money that's necessary to take a year off. And so I commend him for being able to do that. I would love to have, I'm sure the salary he made for all that executive producing he did. <laughs> um, I'm sure I'd enjoy oh, yeah. I'd, I'd love that. And so I'm, I don't, I don't, don't, uh, What I don't know what the word is. I don't fault him for having the success he has. I just don't buy the whole, I'm so tired I have to take off the year. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> try working at a factory, try building a car. You know True. what I mean? <laughs> Very drinking a few damn dishes, and then you can bitch about how you're so tired you got to take a year off. Just take a year off and say, you know what? I'm lucky as hell. I'm gonna take a year off and spend my money. (laughs) True words, but don't give me the sob story, I just can't deal with it.
1: True words are never spoken. I mean, uh, that's a fact, actually. and and you know, it's like, go ahead and say, Well, I've been doing Spider-Man, I've been doing appearances, I've been doing this, that, and the other. I'm tired, I want to take a year off that's a little bit more respectful. But like, as you said, if you're going to go ahead and bitch about-
3: Don't you complain know, about the job. Exactly. Don't complain about how much it drains you and it was just so hard pretending to be happy and sad. <laughs> All the time. I mean, just <laughs> give me a, a fun break. You're tired. I you was being- I'm, I'm I, rich as shit and I don't want to work for a year. End of, end of article. And I'd respect <laughs> that too.
2: I would absolutely respect that. I think I was looking more at the- I, I haven't seen this particular project. I don't know how he had to push himself. I was speaking more to the few actors who do occasionally touch madness in a performance. Oh, I'm not, questioning. And I'm not questioning what you're
3: saying. I don't mean, to, I'm not <laughs> arguing you. I'm not questioning what no, you're saying. No, but I agree completely I know, with what you're saying. I know that sometimes it's... sometimes this stuff can be exhausting. It definitely can be exhausting. I don't doubt that at all. I, I just don't. No, my I just whole, don't, I don't love complainers.
2: <laughs> I'm with you. My, my
3: whole family
2: is as blue collar as can be and have been factory workers and sales reps and you know everything in between and believe me
3: i i bet you they'd love to take a year oh, off after they would play playing dress up
1: <laughs> and well here's the thing and speaking of in our audience we actually have a teacher and uh she basically right. says uh lisa says i just finished my 28th year of teaching now i'm tired god bless you <laughs> And you know what girl you earned it <laughs> <laughs> facts on life right there uh jc's saying uh, clay's dead on if he worked a normal nine to five and then felt he needed the year off he'd have legit cause but for as little and sporadic as he did in such projects he was just ca- uh what is it uh cabbage kvetching ridiculously sorry not sorry so i mean that's basically that's a lot of people feel pretty much the same way and these are just facts now now, i'll I'll
3: just say i haven't read the article that you that you brought this from if i should look it up i'm taking all of this based on the fact that you told the story and implied that we won't hold maybe maybe he didn't complain so (laughs) i won't yeah if he didn't complain then i need to take all this stuff away a little time but sometimes sometimes you can say something a certain way not mean to be complaining but the article was, you know, was written a different way. Um so so I will give him I will give him a little leeway also that maybe he wasn't complaining, but the writer made it sound like he was. But so he was, was actually- complaining. I refer you back to my previous comments.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And I mean, it was actually the articles from variety.com and um, basically like they were just taking excerpts from his interview with extra. Uh, So that's, that's how, that's how that interview went down. But uh, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day uh, it does sound like he's, he's, you know, a little bit kind of like uh, throwing a little shade for his, for his work and everything. But, I mean you're doing if you're doing what you love it's not really work now is it it's it's something that you love to do i mean that's i mean clay you're a singer it's not really work it's something you love to do and you enjoy doing it you enjoy entertaining a
3: lot of work. so many
1: people and it's a lot most of work most of the time i love it it is a lot of work but
3: i'm just and listen i i will certainly complain but i just always like to keep the perspective that i could be digging ditches mm-hmm. i could be in a much much different place than I am and I know how lucky I am doesn't mean that my hip don't mean that my knees don't hurt after (laughs) having to be on stage for several hours or sleeping in a bus they do and I will but I know that at the end of the day no matter what I have been blessed to not to be able to do what I love and that is you know and and I don't have any room to complain
1: and that's and that's a beautiful thing I mean, Wait, I have room to complain every time whenever I'm here with Jeremy,
2: but that's beside the point. Um <laughs> you should feel blessed that I blessed. grant my presence to you. Oh, there Absolutely. you go. There you go.
1: You know, I mean, you're just lucky that I'm here living my best. Well, I guess my life, not my best life, but you know, we'll go behind <laughs> that in other, in other entertainment news. Cause I'm here every day with you. Uh, in other entertainment news, uh, Ozempic uh, is the new weight loss trend that many celebs are taking advantage of. Now, My issue with this right here is that SEMPIC is actually used for people with diabetes and many celebrities are actually taking this new trend, trying to lose weight quickly with this. But a lot of it is actually very unhealthy because they lose too much weight. Now, this medicine, again, was meant for people with diabetes. I mean, in my opinion, I, you know, this, unfortunately, we live in an industry where it's all about how you look and it's annoying as all hell because I mean, it's very. It could pretty much lead to a lot of health issues that can happen in the future. I mean, you have a lot of celebrities that take things like this to get lean. You have a lot of celebrities that take steroids to get bigger, and it's just it's the the, the basically what this industry is demanding off of a lot of these actors and actresses. And I mean, I did. I just don't think that this is right for them to be taking this type of medicine. It's a medicine. It's a medication that people with diabetes need. And they're taking it away from people that actually do need it, paying cash for these injections that people do actually need away from them. I mean, it's not, it's not
2: right. Let me correct you a little bit here. The, I doubt very highly, except in maybe a a one or two very rare cases that any studio has actually demanded somebody take either steroids, HGH, or something else for a part. Probably not, yeah. They have demanded they get into a certain shape and the actor or actress makes the choice to do that—that that they are willing to sacrifice whatever physically because they're going to do that. I'm not saying I agree with it, but that is one studio made
3: them do it. Fran Drescher would jump down that person <laughs> in a heartbeat. The union, that union would beat their for that.
2: But However, honestly, I. It's, it's a choice and celebrities have been doing it for years. Um, he never admitted it, but everybody, when they saw, you know, Rocky three and saw, or sorry, Rocky four and saw Stallone's physique when he, you know, was training and all this. Uh, everybody knew he had to have taken steroids to get in that shape. It wasn't possible in the short amount of time he had to look like he did without steroids, people have been taking hgh that's been the new thing amongst actors and amongst hollywood to get in shape to get lean to build muscle it kind of does it all um again
3: shit i need me some of that
2: well honestly (laughs) if you do if you do the research and i'm not telling people to go out and do anything (laughs) illegal but if you do the research any man over the age of 40 should probably be taking hgh because well, it, not over 40. it's something that naturally I wasn't
3: saying. So I am, <laughs> I am, I, I am too. I'm just, <laughs> I'm not going to say anything. I'm going to keep my mouth shut on that one. I want to, I want to jump in here about the Wiggovi thing though, because mm-hmm. I, uh, when, when you started talking about it, I recalled that I just read something in the news this week. So that, and that will also counter, I think what you're talking about, Dave, um, some, the UK the National Health Service in the UK announced this week that it is going to start um, providing Wegovy to people for weight loss. So it's been approved in the in the UK in England. Um, it says the current costs of obesity in the UK are 6.1 billion dollars. To the National Health Service um, and about 27 billion to wider society. So they are actually beginning to use the same medication in the UK um, through their National Health Service to help people lose weight, specifically because the costs of obesity are um, astronomical. Uh, if if they think if if obesity in the UK costs 6.1 billion dollars, <laughs> I can only imagine how much and they got way less people than we do and way less fat people than we do um and i can say that because i'm one of them um (laughs) then it's even (laughs) more billions here so so perhaps the argument is is there is an argument at least that Mm -hmm. that within short order the fda here in the u.s may approve it for weight loss and that it may be, if successful in the UK, if, if tests are, um, show that the side effects are not bad for people who um, uh, are obese or who have weight issues, uh, we'll probably see it uh, prescribed here more on label for, for weight said, loss. And it won't you, just be.
1: I'm sorry, And I'm sorry to say this, but I mean, I'm mean, i sorry to cut you off here, but you said the magic word it's for people that are obese, people that need it. Not people that are slightly overweight, but can actually do the work and work out. I mean that's Well not- no I,
3: I I said that I gave you the example of um how much obesity itself costs in the UK I, oh, yeah. I to be fa- to be fair I don't see them saying um it says the drug is endorsed along with a reduced calorie diet for adults who have at least one weight related comorbidity so maybe high blood pressure or maybe um uh, or maybe high cholesterol or one of the different comorbidities so it's not necessarily just for people who are obese it could be for people who are just fat regular regular old fat instead of obese um <laughs> <laughs> <yep>. <laughs> just plain plain old fat uh <laughs> as long as you have one of those other associated issues that's again that's just in the uk but um but this i i know i know that jerry some of these others over the years it sounds like perhaps this one at least uh, the the prime minister of the UK, the parliament of the UK seems to believe this may be one of the first where maybe on label it can be for weight loss also.
2: That would be impressive. And if it is, that's awesome. I mean, we find out things work for other things they weren't expecting all the time. I mean, look right. at the history of Viagra. I mean, it's the most famous example. It's a heart right? medication. and now We it's can cure that.
3: Pill. I mean, just it, it only took them seven months to find a way to cure COVID. Why can't they get my fat to melt off without me having to eat rice cakes? Well, we I'm got, with you.
2: We need more research. We
1: got Danny on <laughs> on, the, on the stream as well. He's basically saying uh, my MD is considering prescribing me Ozempic, uh, but unfortunately, the two major side effects are vomiting and diarrhea. Sounds like my friend. Well, that's night. how you
3: lose the weight. I was <laughs> gonna say, no wonder you lose weight. It's like it's like <laughs> prescribed bulimia.
1: Oh my god!
3: I mean, I mean, we like a lot of people
1: are also um, uh, also chatting here. Uh, as someone who battles with obesity, this becoming a fad for those who don't need to lose weight as badly honestly makes zero sense, and the risks are far too numerous for those who it's not designed for. Uh, and that's, that was my, that's basically my argument for that as well. I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's just, you know, people that, uh, that want to like
3: take, we'll you let the Brits have the side effects. If they survive, <laughs> they will take it. <laughs> it's like.
1: Huh, the guinea an pigs. and we'll try it the guinea pigs let's see let's see how well that goes for them and then you know we'll, we'll see if we'll bring it over here <laughs> well again you know these are these are like the, these are the types of things that uh you know Zempic and uh there's a few uh, there's a couple other ones that a lot of these celebrities are actually trying out a lot of people are against it I personally again I gave my opinion about it because it's like you know what I mean having a balanced diet exercising and actually getting in shape. Granted for a lot of people, it's difficult because of scheduling conflicts. I mean, there's a lot of people that can't really do, uh, you know, keep up a a regimen or anything like that, but I I don't know. I I don't know. I'm just going to
3: be honest. Like I want Tom Holland to be, that is not my problem. My problem is I don't want to do that shit. <laughs> I want to eat what I want to eat instead of my ass. Well, see, I'm just going to be honest with you.
2: My thing is I'm going to go and I'm going to use your point, clay from before is that when it comes to other people using this, especially if it's been approved and it becomes something that is also being prescribed specifically on label for, you know, weight loss, then great. But as a, you know, speaking about actors and entertainers, especially actors and actresses, when your entire job is, I mean, if you are a successful actor or actress, you are not having to work another job. This is your only career. You're making enough to support your family, to live a very, very comfortable life. Your whole job is to stay in shape or get in shape for the roles you're taking. So, I, I've never had a hell of a lot of sympathy for anybody making, you know, a few million dollars a movie who's oh, I need I need medicine to help me, you know, lose weight. No, you don't. You don't work eight months out of the year. Spend those eight months working out, taking care of yourself, working with a trainer.
3: You have the money to do so. You'll get you have where the you money need to get, get good eat. eat, you have the money to eat nice salads. You don't have to you don't have to live off of McDonald's and Bojangles, you know. Like exactly. Yeah, so, you I know. know, I've never,
2: I've, I've never agreed with that as much. Like I said, I don't, I don't look down on anybody for choosing to, you know, take something to get in shape for a role. Like I said, HGH and steroids have been a big part of action films for a long time. Um, you know, that's a choice that an actor makes and it's something they are willing to sacrifice. Same in sports. Um, I'm not saying I agree with athletes using performance enhancing drugs, but you're, you're always going to have people who, you know, are looking for an edge who are willing to sacrifice their bodies or their health or whatever it may be to get that edge.
1: Well, fact of the matter is that these stars are actually some of them are actually getting away from the from Mozambique because it was too much for them. <laughs> they were like, yeah, they could have lost too much. they were shitting themselves, like that
3: other guy, was, <laughs> like the viewer was.
1: He's coming out from both ends. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, uh, apparently they're gonna. The, some of them are actually like staying away from it. They've lost enough weight, uh, and they're they're gonna go ahead and just you know keep moving forward with the next trend. We'll see what happens with that. Maybe that new UK. Uh, drug. We'll see if that's going to be the next trend coming up. Uh, that's it for entertainment news. We, we're going to go ahead and pass over with something I just made up today. Clay Q and A. How about that? Uh,
3: Where oh, that's a new segment, huh?
1: <laughs> <a> new segment <laughs> Brand think, new and exclusive. <laughs> it's <laughs> the Navarro Miller report. So Clay, I mean, I know that uh, you're just uh you're coming off the twenty the tour uh, with uh, Ruben Studdard, and and I mean, twenty years, twenty years. Can you believe how long it's been? And I saw oh, my joint
3: skin. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I mean, it's such an adventure. I mean, when I when I saw uh America American Idol season two, and I saw that you guys were the last top two uh to be in the finals and everything, to myself, I was like, these two guys both deserve to win equally because you guys are both amazing uh singers. But apparently,
3: while Jeremy and his family were voting for me, your ass was voting for Ruben. It's See, like- there you
1: go. Damn. I don't know oh, what you're talking about. So any <laughs> <laughs> I just didn't know who to vote for at that time. I was like, I'll vote for Ryan. Um, <laughs> Cause I was his intern at the time. I'm like, I'll vote for Ryan. So uh, no, but I mean, you guys, it's just, it's just tragic that they didn't give you guys both the prize. But at, at, even after that, both of you like created a huge duo. I mean, was that something that after the show was over, was that something that you guys were planning on doing just creating a duo together?
3: Uh no, we we actually didn't for quite a few years. We finished Idol in 03 and we um both kind of went, I mean, not I'd say we went our separate ways career-wise. We went on the Idol tour together, but we stayed in touch and you know, we got lucky on our season in many ways. One, because we happened to be on the season that the show blew up, right? You know, the first season was uh, 9 million viewers. Our season ended with 40 million viewers. Um, so we ended up very fortunate to be on the year that it sort of exploded. Um and that helped. We also feel lucky because we were on the season when it was still new to even the producers who were working on the show. It was much more family atmosphere. Uh I, I think it's it's very funny that that now um when we were on there were 40 million viewers and I think there were two producers. Uh and now the the show has been on 21 years the budget is tripled, quadrupled, um, and people just aren't watching TV anymore like they used to uh, in general. Um, But, you know, we just had this family environment. We didn't know that Idol would change a life. No one had seen Idol change a life when we auditioned. Um, Kelly had literally just finished their season when our auditions happened two months later. Um, So we had not seen the impact it could have. And for that reason, we didn't know, since we didn't know the stakes, we also didn't have the level of competition with each other, or um, that competitive edge with each other that I think people had in, in subsequent seasons. So we just all became friends. We went and we had, we did the show together, and we felt more like a cast of a, of a variety show, I think, than we felt like we were in a competition. Yes, somebody got sent home every week, but um, we did, you know, medleys together and group songs and all that stuff, and it was just a much more collegial atmosphere. And so after we were done, we had been doing our own thing for several years, and both of us were like, let's do something together. You know, it'd be fun. So, about six, so in 2010, we did something together, and then we didn't again until 2018. So, we've only done it three times thus far. We did a tour together in 2010, and then in 2018, um, I had sort of stopped performing um, myself in around 2014, and I went to see Rubin's uh, Luther Show in Long Island. I was living in New York. And I went to Long Island to see his uh, Ruben Sings Luther Vandross tribute show. And I just watching him do it. I was like, holy crap. OK, you know what? I know I said I didn't want to perform anymore, but if I can hang, if I get to do it with him, I'd love to do it. So we did um, a show on Broadway. Uh, we reunited on Broadway in 2018 and did a Christmas show and had a lot of fun with that. I I stopped performing again after that. Um, and Ruben called me up last summer and said, you know, next year is 20 years. We should do something together again. Um, and he said, you can only, I said, well, let me think about it. Maybe next year, maybe the year after He's like, you can't do a 21st anniversary (laughs) tour. (laughs) He's like, that's stupid. (laughs) So you got to do it next year. Um, so, so we did, and we not only did, we just did two months, almost two months of, of it, um, on the East coast. And we start again, um, in LA in September, um, and we've got shows all throughout the rest of the country, uh, throughout the country for another three months, almost um, from September, October, November, and then back again in January. So uh, I think I think the duo was the duo thing was because we like each other and we enjoy performing together. Um, the success, I guess, is because people like seeing us together because we thought this show, we thought this tour was gonna be six weeks long and now it's ended up being at least at least fifteen to sixteen weeks long. Are you, four, a, so. are you taking a year break? <laughs> like, yeah. Yes, I am, and I'm so miserable. My job is so hard. <laughs> okay i gotta
2: jump in clay i have to ask you about the national inclusion project and um i've known about it for quite a while um done a lot of reading up on it as well but i don't know if our listeners have uh you know heard kind of how it came about Uh, that story is really fascinating to me um You know, I I don't know which
3: one you heard because I've told three or four different versions.
2: (laughs) I I, I heard it started kind of with a paper you had written when you were in college. um, And so, you know, the kid that you had met and his mom and.
3: Right. So they're they're, they're about. No, you are. They're all they're all true stories, but they're but they're three stories that kind of connect. And sometimes I tell people one or the other. And yeah. so I'll tell you the whole one. So uh, I, um, I worked at, um, uh, i worked as a special ed teacher in a classroom, um, during the uh, school years in Raleigh before I did idle. And I had a young girl in my class who, um, we'll call her Tina, um, uh, who had very, very low functional autism and she had a very unique last name. And then during the summers I would, run the summer camp at the YMCA. And I showed up to the first day of summer camp, one one year, actually the summer right before um, I did Idol. And I show up to one of the groups that I was, the huddles, um, and was checking in. And there was a young camper there who had the same very interesting last name as Tina. And I said, oh, how unique this last name is do you, I have a girl in my class who's got the same last name. And the young girl said, oh, I know you're my sister's teacher. And I was like, holy crap, you're Tina's, you're Tina's sister. Oh, wow. What is, teen, what is Tina doing this summer? Because, you know, she had very low functioning autism and she was, I, I was curious as to what she was doing when she was out of school. Um, and the, the sister said, oh, she's here. Now the summer camp that I ran, helped run was not set up kids with that that level of of disability and certainly no one was aware that she was coming and it shocked I can still feel the shock that I felt when I found out that that Tina was at the camp right then and I dropped everything and I ran across camp and I run I come up and Tina is sitting there with her age group and she's flicking the, a tree or flicking a table and all the other kids in her group are kind of scared with the counselor because they don't know what to do with this girl. Who's not verbal. And she's, and so I take Tina, she obviously knows me because I've been a teacher in her classroom. Um, I take her with me and the, the guy at the, at the, the director, my boss said, well, you need to call her parents and send her home and have them come pick her up. I was like, Oh, hell no. <laughs> you know I mean? I, I was really upset by the fact that these parents who I knew had relied had thought that they had a place for their kids while they were at work had thought that they had a place for their kid um at and for the summer and we i'm gonna kick her out and, and so i got in a fight with my boss and i essentially said i'm gonna quit if you kick her out but tell you what give her to me i'll put her with one of my younger huddles it's not ideal to not be with your age group but we we're working with what we had at the time mm-hmm. i said i put her with one of my younger huddles i'll train the the counselors on how to deal, how to work with her. And just please let me let her stay. And so we did. She ended up having a really successful summer. The kids in the younger group were not as judgmental as the middle, age, middle school age kids. The counselors were great and worked beautifully with her. And uh, she had a great summer. And then the next year, I was around Diane Bubel um, and her son, um, another t- middle school age kid who I was working with. And, I, and that was the summer that Idol was on. She watched Idol and she knew that I could sing. And she said, you got to audition for this show. You got audition for this show. And so I um, I said, fine, I'll audition if you, if you will just stop nagging. Um, <laughs> and so I auditioned. Uh, then, you know, Idol happened. And as the show was over, I was finishing up some, some a course uh, at the college I went to, and I had to leave and couldn't finish it while I was doing Idol. And the my advisor at the school said to you what, how about you write a, a paper? Here's what your prospectus will be. I know you've missed all these classes, but write us a paper about what it would be like to start a uh, fountain organization, make up what you want to and it has to do with, you know, make it to do with children with disabilities. And um, so, and then you can give it, give us that and we'll make that your project for this course and we'll give you what you got. And so I created this fake organization and I called it the Bubba Lakin Foundation, which is what it was called, named after the lady who had made me audition for Idol. And the idea was to solve the problem of the Tina's in the world. The Tina's who wanna go to summer camp or whose parents need a place for them to be during uh, or after school or soccer camp or kids who have disabilities that are not, that are far more high functioning and who wanna participate and get left out because they're in a wheelchair or they'll have cerebral palsy or, or they have some other developmental disability. And they don't get included in these regular extracurricular activities. So I created this prospectus and I think I mentioned it in a interview somewhere um, that summer after idol that, that I had been working on this paper and I mentioned the name of the people foundation. And then I went on the idol tour, the American idol tour. And again, this is not a real foundation. This is just a paper. This is just a project that I um, was working on. And during the show on the American idol tour, I sang Invisible, my single that year. And during that song, people would throw up panties. Ladies would throw up panties onto the stage and they would have checks written out, made out to the Bubalakin Foundation. Oh, wow. And I thought... It was funny at first. I thought that's funny, but they had some, they were making out checks to this organization that didn't exist at all. And so I thought, you're oh, like, that, this is well, a fake oh,
1: organization. A, this is a fake organization. I did. And I thought, and
3: I, we started making a plan that I was going to have to return these checks. And then by the second, third, fourth show, we started realizing, oh shit, we can't return this many checks. By the end of the tour, we had something around. I'm not going to remember the number, but I feel like it was $57,000 worth of checks. Wow. Worth of panty checks. they
2: spend as good as any.
3: <laughs> they do, they do. And I've said to Diane Bupal, who I had who, the mother of the son, um, of, of the child who I had been working with, who had convinced me to audition. I was like, you know what? There's $57,000 made out to this organization with our names on it. It doesn't exist. Should we make it real? And so we did. Instead of returning the checks, we turned it into the Buba lakin Foundation for a few years. It's now named the National Inclusion Project. And we, um, for for 20 years now, we're celebrating our 20th anniversary of that uh, organization, too, this year. And for 20 years, we have um, trained organizations like YMCA, summer camps, boys and girls clubs, uh, school programs. Soccer camps, any sort of extracurricular activity um, to include kids with disabilities. We've given resources to them. Now we're doing a, we're undertaking a, a nationwide accreditation process where we're not only training people on how to be at programs like this, how to be inclusive, how to take care of and include kids like Tina into their programs, but also um, accrediting programs so that parents and caregivers can know these programs in my area are um, are. Using an inclusive model that will care for and include my child with disabilities. So it's turned, it, it went from panty checks to uh, to an organization that's lasted 20 years. And, and we have accredited or worked with programs in almost every state at this point. I think we're in the 40, 40 some states. So it's been a blessing. And, uh, and it all started with panties that's awesome (laughs) i can tell you personally
2: just from my own personal life thank you very very much because my very bestest little friend is my neighbor and he's turning 19 this year he has cerebral palsy he's on the spectrum um he's low to mid functioning um such a great kid too one of the most amazing little kids my little alex and he's my best bud and he has benefited from that work you've done. He's been able to be included in those kinds of programs. So thank
3: you. Oh well, that's great. Well, listen, I mean it's it's been it's been a blessing for us to be. I mean, I said when I did Idol, I didn't necessarily think I was going to do it. I didn't know it'd come from it. But you know, I I don't having the platform would not be worth it unless there was something that you could do that said thank you to people. And, and I would not have been on idol had it not been for that family. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I've said to people often that I, a lot of folks end up being now all the kids on idol are 16, 17, 18. Mm-hmm. And I am thankful that I was not, I was 24 when I did it. Mm-hmm. I was old. I was very old by <laughs> idol standards. Um, I'm even more old now, but, um, <laughs> God, the kids who were on it I could be my child now. Um, <laughs> And I'm very old, but I and I'm but I'm very thankful that I did not have the opportunity to do that show until I was 24, because it gave me an opportunity to grow up a little bit more, and to experience a little bit more of the world and understand some you know put it put more of life into perspective to be able to have the experience that I had as a special ed educator. Um, to To understand that there's a lot of stuff that's far more important than just singing, um, and and then take the platform that I had from the show and 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 do something with it. So it's lovely to hear that it's impacted. Uh, anytime I hear that it's been impactful to someone, it's a blessing. It which is a great thing. Has. Which is
1: which is a great thing because I mean, most celebrities they take their platforms for granted. Uh, you didn't. And so thank you very much for for everything that you've been doing for your fellow man. And that's something amazing. We got uh, uh, the comments are the chats going crazy right now. Uh, We got actually Joni uh, went ahead and wanted to give you a message. She said, Clay, I wanted to post here and thank you personally for all the help and strength you gave me and I'm sure others. From your music, it really helped bring me through a very dark, scary time. Thanks, Jeremy and Dave too. Uh, no problem, Joni. I'm sorry that you, uh, you know that that uh, you, st- you have to deal with Jeremy, but that's beside the point. We're not going to go. Well, there.
3: I'm going to st- I'm going to jump in here and thank Jeremy for a second because <laughs> I haven't always been I haven't always been a, a, the the wonderful person I am now. Um, when <laughs> I was when I was probably six or s- six or seven years old. Um, there was nothing more important to me than growing pains. And I'm no shit. I I watched it religiously. Show me that smile again. Oh my no goodness. Oh my goodness. Um, and I watched it religiously and this and I did one of my first ever lives. My first, as if I felt like every, <laughs> no. Um, one of my first ever lies when I was seven years old. This, there's, this is not a word of a lie, though this story. When I was seven years old, I went to a little daycare here in Raleigh after school. And I was, I mean, I was loved growing pains and I wanted to be a seaver so bad um, as a kid. And I made up, I remember this for some reason, I made up this whole lie to that daycare that I was in like my daycare Uh teachers that I had gone to LA and I had auditioned and they were going to put me in the show. This is no, I'm so serious. They were going to put me in the show as, this is no joke. They were going to put me in the show. And and they were like, what, how? Well, they're going to adopt a boy. And they're going to put me in, and I'm going to be the adopted son. Oh, my God. I (laughs) changed school. Hold on. So I changed schools. This is no shit. shit. I changed schools. We moved into a different place in Raleigh that next year. Uh I changed schools. And lo and behold, a year later, after I've changed schools and moved to do a different daycare, right, a year later, that's when you guys added Leo Leonardo DiCaprio in mm-hmm. as an adopted kid in the family, <laughs> and I bet you, I shit you not, I bet you those people at that daycare were like, "Oh my God, he is on there!" They thought I was. They they, they they probably thought, "Was that child?" I guarantee that, that's you're right. The same child. <laughs> <laughs> did <laughs> Go to Hollywood oh and make it big because oh my goodness. I wanted to be a steaver so bad that I willed that whole storyline onto go onto growing pains. That is I amazing. It growing pains because I just wanted to be on it so bad that I made up this story. Oh, they're gonna put me on. I'm gonna be a. I'm going to be an adopted son, an adopted seeker. and then they gave that damn part to somebody else. Uh, <laughs> they don't. So I, I've always thought, I've always wondered if those whoever that daycare teacher was, if she thought that maybe I did go to Hollywood and that. Oh, I was I'm there. sure she and did. Right, and first. she sure. and she was, and she's been telling all her friends for years. He was in Titanic, and then he did all my bunch. <laughs> she followed.
1: She followed.
3: See, my career, thinking I was Leonardo DiCaprio.
1: See, I I probably couldn't get um, away with that. I'd be like, yeah, I was a Latino gay. You know that they decided to go ahead and put in there. No problem. You know they adopted me. So okay,
3: I did that. it was on a completely different show. No,
2: no, that's really cool. Thank you for sharing that, Clay. Uh, I'm honored, man.
3: Um, you know I've always oh my God, been a fan of so the fact
2: that you you know enjoyed the show. It's a mutual. Really cool. It's a
3: mutual, mutual feeling. So I appreciate the years of of entertainment that you all yeah. provided. Absolutely. Dave, I don't know what the hell you're using. I was going
1: to, you just took
3: my thunder away. I was going to go ahead and it. You got me before I could.
1: I was going to be, be like, well, you'd be the only one. i be quick to
3: work with me. <laughs> oh, my God. That's awesome. Uh,
1: it's like you're in my brain. Get away. Get out of my head. Um, you're living rent free right now. Uh, we got Christy that is saying, uh, Clay, what's been your favorite song to sing on tour? I can't wait to see you in idaho in november oh going to idaho i didn't know
3: i'm well i'm looking forward to seeing you too there christy um they just keep adding shows i keep can't keep up with them what's my favorite song to sing on tour i got so Ruben and i do um uh added a version um at the end we don't sing much together we do a lot of 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 songs that we did when we were on Idol um and so we sing together we're constantly on stage together but we only do one true duet we have our own um new production of the impossible dream um which Luther Vandross sang it's from mm-hmm. *Anna la mancha on broadway you've got a beautiful doing and, by the way i heard that
1: it's amazing we did
3: we did it we did a, a stripped down version of it on idol um for the finale but um we uh we have it's a completely different production on on the show and it's the last song of the of the show and i don't know it just always it's always my it's my favorite way to end the show so i'm going to say impossible dream probably so christy you tell me what you like best when we ever if, when we get to Idaho. there,
1: there you go. go there you go i got uh, and of course uh, many many of you may or may not know that uh, clay actually ran for congress i got alex asking uh clay are you still in politics
3: Fuck no! <laughs> smart man.
1: <laughs> Best way to say
3: it. <laughs> I love that response. <laughs> very, oh very God. smart. <laughs> but why? Pourquoi? Oh yeah. <laughs> um, you know what? I I did. I I got into it. I ran twice. Um, I was not. I was not liberal enough. I was not conservative enough the first time I ran. I was not liberal enough the second time I ran. But, and I, and I've just sort of discovered that you have to be. You have to be crazy on one side or the other all the way to the to the far extremes in order to be successful these days and i just don't have the energy to be crazy on either side i'm gonna be crazy in the middle um and uh and that's where and i just don't feel like i i i it was sort of an extension of what i talked about a minute ago with wanting to try to use position that i platform i had to to try to do something bigger than me or than singing or more important and, and I think I just realized after the last time I ran that I, I don't feel like there are many politicians anywhere on either side who are actually doing much to improve anybody's life. So I'll um I I'll sing and make people happy maybe instead. Uh, yeah. So I'm not doing that anymore. It's, uh, it's disappointing because I used to really believe that that was a place you could do something good, but I'm not sure that I have confidence um, at the moment that anybody... Anywhere is doing much good for anyone. So uh I'm not gonna be involved in that mess. We have
1: another uh question actually from uh, Jeremy's mom right here. Uh she's asking, ask Clay
3: if you're I keep saying name. I feel so bad I keep saying the F word around your mama. Oh, please. <laughs> she's hilarious.
2: Unfortunately, she's heard it out of my mouth more times than I can count.
3: So. <laughs> Especially
1: when he cooks. I mean, I don't know if you knew this, Clay, but Jeremy's actually a professional chef.
3: Oh, That's okay, good. My, my well, other They have to come but, eat. Hey, let me know stop
2: by if I'm ever in Raleigh, I will let you know. And maybe I'll come by
3: and cook you up a little something, please. Because I need that because God, well, you know what? We've already established that I'm fat, (laughs) so bring it on. (laughs) I'll just take some mosaic.
2: (laughs) My my mom wanted to know um, she came to see you at a signing or at a meet and greet once. And she apparently brought you an autographed photo that I had done for you. So she was wondering if you were happened to remember that know, at Jeremy's, all. That, been, that,
3: back in, that would have that been was, 20 it's years ago.
2: But that probably seventeen or
3: so at least. Yeah.
1: It's okay. It's okay if you don't I remember. I mean, Jeremy's very I, Well, I'm not gonna lie. I
3: can't believe I can't believe I don't though, because i literally would have had to I feel like I would have had to have been pumped about anything from growing Pains. Um I bet you I still have it. I may not remember it, but I bet you I still have it because my mom collects everything. Anything Same. anybody hands me, she she keeps it. The Same. two of them compare. My mom has it <laughs> above the garage at her house. There she you go. calls it the shrine um so your mom probably has the shrine i was also. gonna say they could uh,
2: compare it'd be fun
3: yeah <laughs>
1: we got uh we also got danny that actually uh he sympathizes with uh your passion of uh wanting to be on growing pains clay uh he says uh i was the same way about home improvement when i was 12 i wanted to be on that show so <laughs> bad after i started watching it regularly as a friend of the taylor boys so let's go just, goes t- another one.
3: just tell everybody just tell everybody that you're the dude on the other side of the fence <laughs> that would be <laughs> see, I'm gonna teach you how to do this. I'm gonna teach you how to tell them. Just tell them all that you're the dude on the other side of the fence they'd never know anybody.
1: Oh my god. And and, and Jody, potty mouths. <laughs> <laughs> <Tony's> like,
2: <laughs> that's me sorry babe it is what it is
1: <laughs> um danny is actually asking oh, that wasn't the, the right one <laughs> i'm sorry uh clay kirk tracy and jeremy would have been would have made an excellent chemistry combo on Growing pains and... i gotta
2: i gotta say actually i mean when you said that i was like my god your age was perfect you would have been um, like perfect would have i would have, have been
3: exactly that i feel like no, because how old is Leonardo? He's older so than me.
2: Leo's one year older than me, and I'm forty. I'm forty-four. Okay, I'm three years older than you. So, okay. um, he's. I would have.
3: Yeah, I would. But see, I would have been we, a much younger. I would have been a much younger adopted brother.
2: What we could have brought in, you know, they could have, and not that I it's don't. Time have for a reboot. Really, adore you know ashley johnson who played chrissy but instead of bringing in the
3: young baby we could have adopted a new son that could have been interesting as well so you know i think it's time for a reboot i mean (laughs) i know it's sad i know that it's sad that dad would not be around but i think i could i could go for a reboot
2: i i i have to agree we have to see if warner brothers has it in them
1: we got danny as well uh saying are you going to change up the show a bit for the second leg of the tour
3: um not too much i imagine uh reuben did put a new album out um or put a new single out he'll have a new album out in september so there might be something added from that but you know it's it's a fun show we spend a lot of time putting it together working on it and and i think that we'll make sure that no one on the other side on the second leg of the tour misses out on anything that folks in the first leg got so they'll probably be very similar
1: Nice. And then we got Chris in also asking, I saw you in Spamalot. It was so funny. Will you do Broadway again?
3: They probably won't have me back. I'll be honest. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I don't know. I don't know. Yes, um, why? <laughs> I, I, no, no, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. I didn't. Um, I um, I would love to at some point, uh, perhaps uh, Ruben and I did that show on Broadway together. So I, that was my second Broadway show. Um You know, I want to sing if I go back to do it again. Spamalot was a lot of fun, but it was not a singer show. It was a a funny show. It was hilarious, and I laughed every night on stage, even though I wasn't supposed to. Um, But if I were to do it again, I'd want to sing. I'd want to, like, have a nice, good, belty song.
1: Well, I got to ask you because, and this is something that's so funny because uh, even Jeremy forgot about this. See, Jeremy and I, we are both huge fans of the show Scrubs. And uh, I told him, I was like, he was on Scrubs. He was like, I forgot he was on Scrubs. How was your
3: experience uh, being on Scrubs? Um, th- I love that. And I loved the most thing I loved the most about it was because they had their own hospital, a whole show. They actually had a hospital that a, a former hospital mm-hmm. that they used as their set. The whole show was in a f- old hospital. that was not being used anymore. I think it's in Sherman Oaks or something like that. It was right there in the Valley. Mm-hmm. Um, and so because i think because they weren't on a studio lot that everybody was really tight the show the the cast was very tight um very good friends with each other everyone was uh very warm and inviting on that show i do remember that because i've done other shows where it's not exactly like that you know (laughs) um but that was the show where everyone really enjoyed being working together it was very much a family sort of atmosphere Oh yeah no I loved
1: I loved uh that show so much it was like uh, Jeremy and I whenever I hug him I'm like you smell like regret you know he do things like that all the
2: time <laughs> it's it's a quotable show for the two of us and uh <laughs> I I, I Honestly, it was one of the one of the episodes that I really loved because I'm sitting there and all of a sudden you popped on and they have you, you know, they're going to that Brady Bunch ask, you know, save the day with camera on yes for camera thing. And it was just so perfect having you there as that character as was it Kenny. I believe uh... Kenny. Yeah. Kenny, <laughs> the, um,
3: Kenny, the cafeteria worker who, so, uh, who got fired. Yeah. But then at the end of the day, he comes yep. back and everything's <laughs> like in regular sitcoms. You won the talent. To be
1: you won the talents. <laughs> Are so you saying, isn't she lovely? I finally <laughs> won something. I finally
3: won something. It <laughs> oh, was too God. good.
1: It was definitely, it was definitely a really cool show. a Cool episode. I really enjoyed that one as well. Uh, Danny's asking, do you have any summer plans?
3: I'm (laughs) gonna sleep. No, I, I I, am, I am. uh, I probably yard work. Probably, I've, I've gotten very old, and I'm very old and dad-like now. And so I spend, I spend more. I find that I enjoy doing yard work, and I'm embarrassed to say it. I like going out. There's a dock dock on the lake down there. I've been, I've been totally stripping it and sanding it, and I'm, I'm uh, refinishing it right now. So I got plenty of stuff to keep me, keep me busy. I'm not a vacation-y type person.
1: And since you're, and since, I don't know if, uh, you know, because you said this before, that uh, you really don't know what tours you got going on. Uh, JC's asking, Clay, will the tour return to Albany, New York next year?
3: I don't believe it is. I think we are coming back. I can, You know what? Rubenandclay.com, that'll give you an answer right there. I think we do come back to somewhere in, the in that area at some point but i'm not 100 sure uh but you can find out at reubenandclay.com and there are more shows being added all the time let's see if there's a let's see if there's a new york on this website he's like um, checking
1: it out i was like i got it right here I so literally new i'm new
3: checking new it <laughs> oh, nothing in new york but we do come to the oh you know what because i'm um, oh no we do have some of uh the there's a bunch more that are in January. Uh, we're in Massachusetts uh, let's see. Um, you know what you might have to drive girl. <laughs> it' doesn't look like we're headed back to doesn't look like we're headed back to New York but we're hitting every other state. We're going finally I believe hopefully fingers crossed. We're finally getting to Alaska. It's the only show I have not uh, only state I haven't performed in. Oh wow. so
1: and Wilma right here she says, Wilma's saying no New York but New Jersey.
3: Um, oh, well, look at that. I didn't even need to answer because Wilma's there to answer the question for me. Thank you, Wilma. I can always count on you, girl.
1: Delius uh, is asking, do you sing Invisible on this tour?
3: I do not. We don't do anything that I was, well, unless unless Ruben changes it and wants to do something from this album for the next leg. We chose to to celebrate 20 years since Idol, and we we try to make the show a a look back um, to Twenty years ago on Idol, and so the whole show is stuff that we either did do while we we're on the show, or would have done, or was adjacent to that time. Even the music that people walk into and that people have as they're during the intermission, even that music is all music from 2003. It was all the hits on radio in 2003. Nice. So we're transporting people back to 2003. Well, we have, we but have, we well, are. Oh my God! Holy crap! Holy crap! I got to stop for a second and let you know where we are going October 11th no shit we're going to Marion Illinois I'm gonna find that dude I'm gonna find that dude who's I'm gonna find that dude who stole the backhoe and I'm gonna have him on as a special guest I want to see a picture I want to see a selfie I knew I'd heard that name before somewhere. (laughs) Wednesday October 11th Marion Illinois on a a, performing on a performing on a backhoe
1: that's awesome That's awesome. Well, we got a request for you real quick, uh, by Meg. Uh, she's asking clay, sing the whole growing pain song.
3: Oh my God, girl, you got to pay for that. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) It's a duet. It's a duet, Meg. If you log in, then you, you call in, then I'll sing the, um, I'll sing the, uh, BJ Thomas part. And you can sing the Jennifer. Is it Jennifer Warren's who sang the, the girls part. Yeah. Um, uh, you can you gotta log in and sing it with me, Meg. I will tell you this funny thing though because I was a big TV nerd when I was a kid um, I auditioned for American Idol with the theme song to, to perfect Strangers. Oh hey, I how loved cool. me, I, no not cool. It was not a good me. it was not a good idea. No. Um, uh, no it was I was so nervous I had like five songs that I had prepared in my head and I was so nervous when I walked into my we were five people in a row. Um, and I walked into the um, to the audition in like a cattle call and was so scared. I was the first person that had to step up, say my name. And none of the five songs that I had prepared came to my head. And so the first thing that came out of my mouth was, Stand and tall on the wings of my dreams. Rise and fall on the wings of my dreams. Rain and thunder, wind and haze, I'm bound for better days. Yes. And the producer, thank God, he sent everybody else out and he said, Five, two, three, zero, you stay. And after everybody had gone, he was like what in the hell was that that you just sang and I said oh my god I'm so sorry <laughs> it's the theme song to perfect strangers um and he said uh we'll I'll tell you what sing something else <laughs> and he let me sing something else I sang always and forever and I made it through thankfully but yes I was I love a good tv show theme song and so that's how I um there we go that's how I made it on Idol. but I, I could have sung the growing pain theme song because I did that's probably the best theme song maybe ever yeah Thank you. The growing pains. Pain pain. one. I happen I to agree one. but I'm biased. So <laughs> show me that's my luck. Don't waste another minute on your crying. We're no near. We are nowhere near. The oh best is ready to begin. If I sing anymore, then you guys are going to have to you guys going to have to pay like after rate or something We'll, like have, that. To work, so we'll something have to work. we'll work something out. I'll have to you stop just, me, you <laughs> just my made my gonna, day. <laughs> Oh good! My kids get—I told my kid—I made my kid get off the computer so that I could, so that he could, uh, I could talk to you guys. He's gonna kill me. I'm gonna have to hop off here. No worries. He's gonna kill me. I don't let the computer go.
1: No worries because that's the news. In case you haven't heard it, thank you so much for joining us here on the Navarro Miller Report, everybody. uh, Clay, dude, it's been an honor to have you on the show. I gotta ask, where can people stalk you on social media?
3: i was lucky enough to get my names i got clay aiken on twitter and on instagram so uh as long as you spell it right then uh you'll find me there although i don't post on either one of them very much so i'm very boring <laughs> and you
1: also got the website www.rubenandclay.com and that i believe that's where people could go ahead and see shows of the tour and everything mm-hmm.
3: yes sir thank you that's correct i was i would have forgotten to do that so you're I get um, my management and publicists get very upset at me. We're on good <laughs> at promoting myself. Rubenandclay.com. Yes. Hey,
2: an absolute pleasure. Really uh, a treat having you on. Thank you, man.
3: Likewise, my pleasure. Thank you guys so much.
1: No worries. I'm your host, Dave Navarro, along with this guy, the the, the bean to my existence. I'm Jeremy Miller. <laughs> and again, thank you so much, Clay, for being on the Navarro Miller Report. Make sure you guys check us out on YouTube. Subscribe so you can check out all our episodes every Friday from 6 to 7 p.m. Normally, <laughs> Pacific Standard Time. And we'll make sure to be here for you. And everybody, you guys have a great weekend. We will see all of you next time.
2: You have been listening to the Navarro Miller Report.